This is American Real, where we aim to inspire, empower, and enlighten you through the stories of our guests. Here's your host, Roger Brooks. Let's talk about how you discovered mental health as the key to success in all areas of life. In order to become successful in the first place, I, I think you have to consciously create your own definition of success. Because our default definition is make a lot of money, start a family, and then you do the whole normal thing, right? And many people take those boxes and they still don't feel successful. Mental health, what it means to me is to be able to pursue a life that fulfills you and to give you out of life what it is that you truly consciously want to have. And when you can bring that into alignment, then you truly have health. And that's when you don't have to slave after something that you want to have out of life, but you, you have fun with it. This is American Real. I am Roger Brooks. My guest today is Mario Lanzarotti. You coach mission-centered entrepreneurs so they can increase consistency in their business and overcome the imposter syndrome. Mario, welcome to the show. Roger, thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm very excited to be with you and uh, share lots of value to your listeners and to your viewers. And most of, most of all, I'm looking forward to having an amazing conversation with you. Likewise, Mario. And you are coming to us from South Africa. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes, exactly. So I'm uh, in Cape Town right now. Um, as we all are in one way or another in a lockdown, we also have a lockdown here. Um, and uh, I've been coming to South Africa for the past 13 years. And uh, my fiance and I, we pretty much come here six months of the year uh, to soak up the summer and the beautiful nature and the wonderful people. And I've decided to travel remotely for the remaining part of the year. Unfortunately, right now that's not looking so good, uh, but we have the internet, so we're traveling in spirit. And um, yeah, Cape Town is my favorite place in the world. That's wonderful. Uh, as I mentioned off camera, I have a neighbor that is from South Africa. So it's always uh, fun to talk to people from different parts of the world. And uh, I appreciate that. Can you tell us about your background? Where did you grow up? And sure. So originally, um, I was born and raised in Germany. Um, my dad is Sicilian. So from, from day zero, I was born into a multicultural family. I was raised bilingual. So I speak both languages, German and Italian. And uh, then uh, in my later, later life, I went to South Africa for the first time to a boarding school, you know, because that was the time when everyone was like, oh, do you want to go to another country? And everyone went to America. So one of the things I do, I like to go against the flow. And, and so I decided, let me go somewhere where no one goes. And I went to South Africa and uh, at that point fell in love with the country and then many years later came back. Did you choose that on your own? I did not. My uh, father, my stepfather, he uh, went to South Africa when he was younger and he said, hey, do you want to check it out? And I, the first thing I thought was like, oh, lions, elephants, I want to be there. <laughs> but it wasn't that at all, right? No. <laughs> when we went to the, uh, to the game park, with the safari, then yes. But otherwise, it was just a regular country. Of course, a lot of beautiful nature, but uh, not what my fantasy was telling me. 
Right. Interesting. That must have been amazing. How old were you when you went? I was um, 17 at the time. Um, So I wasn't allowed to do much, especially uh, at the school that I went to. It was very strict, old British, um, very old British uh, structure. So I had to wear a suit and tie every morning. I got up at six, I had to go march with a with a fake gun, but it was the same weight. And it was very, you know, like classic Christian upbringing, which was very different from what I experienced in Germany. And at the time, I really struggled a lot here. But then in hindsight, I, this was one of the best things that happened to me because I had to grow up and take responsibility. Amazing. What a great experience, I'm sure. Yeah. So tell us about, I know you, you split your time between South Africa, Germany, and Italy. What is that like? I, I love it. I love it. I mean, um, I also spend a lot of time in New York because uh, I lived there for three and a half years and I have a lot of friends and acquaintances and business uh, clients. To me, it's creating that that global international family, that tribe that I can always connect with. And just the other day, I was reflecting on the things that I'm grateful for because I have a daily gratitude practice. And then I called to mind how many people I know in so many different countries. And wherever I travel, I always have someone that I can visit. I can stay in their homes and and connect with them. And you also get the cultural nuances, right? People always uh, ask me like, uh, where do you get your discipline and your organization from? I say, well, that's my German side. And then they say, well, where do you get your passion from and the fire? I say, well, that's my Sicilian side. So I like to pick uh, like the best of of certain countries and cultures. Uh, I'm sure I have some of the the not so great things in me as well. Um, But, you know, to me, it it creates more of of an international family that I can connect with. And that, that is very important to me. And what a wonderful thing, right? When you're in, especially when you're in a, new, a foreign land, um, to be able to stay with people that are from there. Um, as I mentioned to you off camera, my wife's family's in Italy. So it's yeah. just great to go when we go there to stay with them and, and see how they live and, and have that experience versus, you know, being able or having to stay in a hotel. It's just mm. a whole different um, experience. And I hope at some point everyone has a chance to experience that because um, there's nothing like experiencing other cultures, right? Oh, it completely transformed my life. I mean, before I was into meditation and and yoga and and, and plant ceremonies and, and, and all the things, the first thing that opened my mind to a whole new world was traveling, was really going to other cultures because it helped me to see the world from different points of views. And, and just that expanded my mindset. And I was like, okay, well, maybe my view of the world currently is not the only view. It's about taking up different perspectives. And also when you hear things on the news, like the migrants on the move, and this is happening there, like I know people that come from areas like that. And being able to emphasize with that, to, uh, to emphasize with that, and to be empathetic and, and to, to see the world through their eyes, to me, was a huge boost forward because it, it forced me to step outside of my ego. And I did that with the first cultural experience. Wow, I love that. And that's a nice transition, Mario, into our main talk today, which is about your mission as uh, as a coach, right? You you help entrepreneurs, as you say, so they could increase consistency in their business and overcome the imposter syndrome. Tell us first off, what is the imposter syndrome for people who <laughs> don't know what that what that means? 
Great question. So the imposter syndrome is many approaches to it, but essentially it is that feeling that you somewhere deep down are a fraud. You don't deserve the success that you've created. This is very prevalent among high achievers and uh, entrepreneurs that are pioneers in, in their field. And by default, if you are a pioneer, there's that voice in the back of your mind that comes, well, are you sure you know what you're doing here? Like, come on, you're just lucky. Just You're just working hard. That's, I mean, at some point they're going to find out you're an idiot. And when you're new to something, that's a very normal uh, response from your body, from your brain to, to get that. So it's a normal thing. But if it continues ongoingly and you, sometimes it may be that you step into a room of people and you feel completely comfortable. You know what you're going to say, you know how you want to say it, you enjoy being there. And then you shift that and you go into an audience with different people, maybe that are a bit more senior to you. And all of a sudden you feel like, oh my goodness, they're going to kill me. They're going to know I'm a fraud. They're going to put me in jail. I'm going to be ending up on the streets homeless. And so this subconscious pattern that triggers forward causes people to do this. They have a great month. Yay. And all of a sudden, oh my God, no, boom. And so there's no consistency in their business. And if you're an entrepreneur, you need consistency, and especially mission-driven entrepreneurs, which I count myself into, and I think you are one of those as well. Yes. For people like us, especially in the beginning, many struggle with that, that feeling of, I deserve this success. I deserve to be paid for it even because we're giving from the heart. Right? We're caring for something that is bigger than ourselves. And then money is almost this like, Oh no, that's evil. That's bad. I used to believe that money is only something for evil, greedy people and until I couldn't pay my bills. anymore, I was like, right. figure this thing out because it's, it's probably not my strategy because I have a lot of conversations and people are really happy with that. But when it comes to asking for money and, and closing the sale, then I'm like, yeah, no, you probably don't want my service. Bye. So this is something that I focus on because I want to, help mission-driven entrepreneurs to develop their authentic voice, that, that inner trust that you can build with yourself, that even when you have that notion of, oh, I feel like I'm a fraud, like, okay, that's okay. I can, I can still handle that and deal with it because you're never going to get rid of that voice altogether anyways. So if people are like, oh, I have that and I, I can get rid of it. Sorry. Like this is a part of who you are. And just like, Having a small child that gives you a tantrum every time you bring up a certain thing, that might not change, but you still love the child because it's your child. And so the same happens with, with, with you. And when you find that authentic connection to you, you're no longer controlled by that imposter voice. You have it, it's there, but you can work with it. That's such important discussion that we're having here. And because so many people go through this, I, I think even people that aren't entrepreneurs. For example, we have a book writing course that we help people write their first book. And many of the same attributes that you just spoke of comes into play when someone's writing their first book. I'm not yeah. good enough to write a book. I'm not smart enough. I don't have anything to write about. And, and there's a lack of confidence. So what we try to do is empower our you know, new authors. So not only to give them the confidence, but to give them a strategy to be able to write one to two pages a day so that over the course of time, 
they build themselves up and they see progress. And I'm sure it's very similar in your work that you help people, you know, slowly and steadily so they could overcome. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. And that you've, you've touched base on the, on the one thing that so many people don't see, especially entrepreneurs like us high achievers. The, the, the way to go for us normally by default is, so we say we want to climb Mount Everest and then the only time we ever tap ourselves on the back is when we climbed half of Mount Everest. I'm like, yeah, that's all right. I, I did okay. And so if we then manage to climb Mount Everest after killing ourselves for five years, then yeah, oh, that was really good. What's the next thing? So we condition our minds to never be happy with where we are and with what we have. So if we condition ourselves only to celebrate for the long, big, big success, we enslave ourselves to this feeling of guilt. Oh, I haven't done enough today. I haven't done enough today. And eventually you're going to break under all that weight. So if instead you go for celebrating tiny achievements, small steps, every step of the way and you achieve that, you create this, this habit loop in your mind that says a small step is good. So you take a small step and that's where we come in with the consistency. But if you write your, your book and every day you write three or four pages, right? And maybe that only takes you three hours. And you, oh, I well, we still have like seven hours to go. If you do that every day, after a certain amount of days, you have the book. But instead, what do we do? Most of us, yeah, we're, okay, I'm going to write this book. I'm going to take the whole weekend. And then we go in and then we drain our energies and then we lose the motivation and think, ah, this is just not for me. Yeah. I've tried. No, it's so true. It's so true. And that's, that's why, you know, I think we we're very similar in this regard that um, we, it, for me, it's great to, when, when you could help someone see this in themselves. And it, so let's take the book example again, if they achieve small successes along the way. So every week to me is an accomplishment. We meet as a group once a week and they right. can, and then they can monitor their progress for the, that week. That's an accomplishment. You do that over the course of 12 weeks, you, you know, most of our students have an entire book and they could celebrate that, but they also are celebrating along the way. But what I really love about this, and I'm curious to get your thoughts is now they have a new habit formed, which they could hopefully apply to other areas of their life. So maybe it's um, weight loss or maybe it's, you know, uh, exercise or whatever it may be, um, a healthy diet. Um, so applying these same tools, do you see that in your work as well? When you're helping an entrepreneur in, in whatever it is they need help with, do you see that they're able to adopt those practices into other areas of their life? Yes, absolutely. And, and that is because you're like, I always bring up this example because I say to people, it's very easy to, to visualize. Think of your brain like a muscle. It's nothing more than a muscle. And there is no such thing as a stupid brain or a broken brain. Of course, in some cases, if you have actual damage to it. But many people are like, oh, I'm just so stupid. I can't do that. And I'm saying, no, everything is running exactly perfect the way it's supposed to be running according to your program. So right now, your brain may not be as trained. And the muscle is not as strong. But you're asking your, your brain to perform a marathon. Does that make any sense? Uh, no. So when you start building slow consistency that doesn't throw you out because it's overloading you, it automatically transits to other areas in your life very, very quickly. And that's why usually one of the first things that I have my clients do 
if they don't already do that, is meditation. And I tell them, even if you just sit down for two minutes, because I have people that are very busy, that a lot of projects happening. And then the first thing, yeah, I don't have time. And I said, hold up. So I said, so I usually bring up this example as well. So what's the difference between you and someone that you really look up to? Like in my case, it would be like Tony Robbins, right? And then, then they say, okay, yeah, that person say, how many hours in a day do they have? Well, 24. And you? Yeah, 24. And I say, and, and so what's the difference? Um, mm, okay. So, and then we start two minutes meditation. And even if you think that doesn't do anything with you, oh, it's just two minutes. It conditions your brain to have consistency. And then after 30 days, boom, you've done every day your meditation. Your self-esteem rises, confidence goes up, and you have built a new habit, and then you go to the next one, and to the next one, and to the next one. Any tips that you could give to our listeners? And by the way, this is incredible conversation, Mario, because like I mentioned, I believe this these practices can be applied across the board, no matter yeah. who's listening to this. But any tips, what, what would you say to people that have a hard time with consistency and just keeping mm. on track, no matter what they're trying to work on? Mm-hmm. Great question. And I, I just, uh, just to send out my newsletter about exactly this. And um, I used it for discipline and focus, but it's the same thing with consistency. And too many people, like nowadays, Roger, we live in this society. If you want to understand how to, do, how to do something that you've never done, what do you do? You go to Google, right? Or some search sure. engine. Research. You type in how to build a house. And you get an infinite amount of ways to do it, which is amazing. However, are people still struggling with overweight, being overweight? Yes. Are people struggling with failed relationships, uh, failed businesses, everything. So the problem is not in the how-to part. So we can remove that, which is 99.9% where all the people place their energy on. The real question is not how, but why? Because every action always comes with a reason. Like your brain always distinguishes, should I do this or should I do that? Why should I do this? No, I don't like to do this. Hmm, do I want to get up tomorrow morning at seven and then go for a run? Or do I sleep another hour longer? So your subconscious mind has reasons and whichever reason is stronger will determine what action you're taking. And so what I always do, and this is part of my work as a, as a speaker and as a coach, this is one of the main things that we go to very quickly, and that is your purpose drive, to really give people a reason for living, a reason for taking action. Because maybe the whole thing about starting your own business and, and, and speaking in front of audiences is not yours. It's just not yours. I've had many clients that came to me with, I want to be this guy and I want to do this. I want to have my own business and I'll be on my full potential. And then I asked them, okay, great, but why? And they don't know. Why? They read a book. They listened to a TED talk. They watched a motivational speaker. Yeah, that's me. Well, maybe it's not you and there's nothing wrong with that. So the, the one tip that I can always say is really get crystal clear on why you want to do something. And that alone will make a big difference. And that leads me to when you want to have long-term discipline and focus and consistency, you need to have a long-term vision. And you have a purpose that is bigger than yourself. 
and I have a purpose that is bigger than mine. My purpose in life is something that I created out of, out of thin air. And it is to raise the consciousness of humanity one person at a time. I will never be able to do that by myself. It's impossible. But I strive towards that. And so everything that I do is always viewed through the lens of, will this raise the consciousness of humanity? And so my question then is the morning, well, if I, if I don't do my, my meditation and my, my other routine, I'm going to be showing up with only 50% of what I could do. And that's going to affect my purpose in a big way. Awesome. Okay, let's talk about some of the things that you really enjoy talking about. Uh, the journey from head to heart, ego yes. to being. What, what does that mean? That's a big one. And uh, that's something that I struggled with for the longest part of my life. And I mean, I, I didn't even understand this whole language about ego and being. Like I, I picked up these words, but I didn't really know what it means. And I still see a lot of people nowadays that tune in in, in you know, podcasts and YouTube sessions. And then we, these words are being thrown around and most people don't understand what it means. And so to simplify this, my life used to be all about one thing, me. I just cared about me. I wanted to be successful. I wanted to have the good job. I was in Germany becoming a pilot for Lufthansa, which is the most prestigious airline in sure. Europe. Yes. That, that was the only reason why I wanted to do it prestige i saw the movie catch me if you can with leonardo dicaprio saw him in that role i said this is oh my god that's me i'm going to become this guy and that was the motivation to become a pilot i never had this idea of oh i want to be a pilot and the technology didn't care just said oh i want to be like him or i want to do it and like this is this is me when i set my mind to something i'm going to make it happen and i'll kill myself in the process of making it happen <laughs> which is exactly what almost happened there so my entire life was, was, was guided by this, right? Just me, 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 me. Don't care about what's happening there. You know, I just want to have the standard story of success. That led me to being heavily depressed. My body was in pain for one and a half years in chronic pain. I had a slip disc with an inflamed nerve. And um, yeah, as I said, depressed, close to suicide. Uh, one failed relationship after another. But from the outside, if people were to look at me and... and they would say, oh, wow, Mario, he's got it all figured out. Great guy, yeah. But on the inside, I was miserable. I was then hooked on cocaine, party drugs, uh, video game addiction, everything that just came in as you, you name it, it was there. And I couldn't figure it out. Why? But that's exactly the problem. I was trying to figure out everything with my head. I was like, yeah, I got to fix this thing. There's a solution there. Instead of, instead of, moving forward with my heart, which is a very lofty way of describing it. But essentially what it means is you start to feel things. Like I never understood that by suppressing my own feelings, I would also suppress myself. I would reject myself. That version of me that is, has always been there, the vulnerable Mario, the one that's not the high achiever and that doesn't get his kick out of ticking boxes and goals and, and, and doing stuff the one that feels, and I was very afraid of that because I, I didn't know what it was. I always had this, and this is what a lot of entrepreneurs and high achievers do. We have this sense of, I got to know how it's going to work out. Right. Safety. This is, has to be this way. If it's not this way, then something's wrong. And that's the mind. The mind wants to figure everything out because it's scared of uncertainty. 
And this is exactly what's happening to so many of us right now. We're so afraid to feel. We're so afraid to, to accept whatever is happening in our bodies. And so this whole journey that I described from, from head to heart is really me getting out of my own way, removing myself, learning how to be in my body and feel. And whatever that is, there's the feel. And I've done that multiple times now. Actually, this, this year and last year have been very, very strong in that where I got rid of guilt and I didn't even know it was still there because I've done a lot of work on my mind and my head. And I was like, yeah, I got that. Then I went to a past life regression. It's like a hypnotherapy kind of thing. Two and a half hours. And I told her, yeah, I did so much work, you know, like, ah, I know it. Ah, come on, nothing new. <laughs> I cried like a baby for like an hour. I screamed. I was punching and everything. The whole, my body started shivering, like, like tingling, everything. Oh, I said, what's happening with me? And I was so embarrassed because this was a, a lady that was guiding it. I said, I can't cry in front of her. I just, I can't do that. And she said, you're fine. You're safe. And I released it. And Roger, I can tell you after that session, it's just light, just going light through life and trusting my intuition. And when I say trusting my intuition, it's, it's usually things like, and this is for your listeners as well. If you are in between choices or maybe you don't even have a choice to make because you, you're like, you think you're lost, just getting into your body by closing your eyes and breathing and just feeling whatever's happening without judging that. I say, oh, I'm feeling scared. No, I shouldn't feel scared. That's when you judge. I say, oh, I'm scared. Okay, there's fear. That's interesting. Okay, let's see. Just by doing that and then asking a question, you'll, you'll get an intuition. You'll get something. Go left, go right. And I did these things. And I sometimes have done that with business deals and with people. And funnily enough, it always worked out. Wow. No, I love that. I love that instinct that we have. Each of us has it within us. And I love the fact that you said earlier, you were able to get out of your own way, right? Or get out of your own head because yeah. that, that's the hardest part. We're on a very, very similar path. I mean, everything you've been talking about is very, very similar to things that I've experienced and have had the fortune of, of, of being able to um, speak to wonderful people like yourself to help me realize how to get out of my own way. Yeah. And I'm sure, again, many, many of our listeners are feeling the same thing right now. And if they are, hopefully they could try some of these tools, even like you said, without judgment. Um, yeah. having some of those thoughts come, come to mind so you could experience them and then go with your gut, go with your instinct. Yeah. 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 And there's a, and really the, 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 the main point about getting out of your own way, because some people might be like, what do you mean getting out of my way? Well, then who's in the way who's leading. And that is that sense of being, that is that sense of, it doesn't matter. There's many different descriptions for, for it. I mean, there, there's your soul, there's your spirit, there's your intuitive voice, your guide whatever that is, because we can only comprehend so much of what is happening. 95% of everything that we do is anyway subconscious. So most of the time we're going through life on, on autopilot, right? We're not conscious. We're like in a trance state. So when we get out of our own way and we stop thinking of it has to be like this, it has to be like this. And we come into this place of let me have faith. And that's what you call surrender. Right? Surrender is not giving up, but surrender is, okay, I've done my part. And now I surrender over to whatever this thing is, God, energy. Some people that are atheists might not believe in a higher power, but then it is your intuitive uh, 
intuitive guiding force as a human being. There's always something there. And that is, that's what I mean by getting out of your way because then you tap into that, into that energy that is so much bigger than you can ever comprehend as with, with your egoic mind. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Let's talk about how you discovered mental health as the key to success in all areas of life. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. It's a very important, very relevant one. And that is now, first of all, when we say success, right, it's very important to, to, to talk about that for a little bit, because in order to become successful in the first place, I, I think you have to consciously create your own definition of success because our default definition is make a lot of money, start a family, and then you do the whole normal thing, right? And many people take those boxes and they still don't feel successful because they don't know somewhere in the back of their mind, they have another definition, which in most cases is not their own, right? It's like, you're, oh, you're not fulfilling your father's wish. Your father wanted you to be a, a dentist and look at you now, you're just a lawyer, terrible. Oh. And so when you become conscious of your own decision, uh, definition of success, that already is a step forward into mental health because now you're in control. And so mental health for me was realizing how externally guided my life has always been. Uh, even though I was always priding myself, yeah, like I know how this thing works, but I was still guided by how others would perceive me or how I think others would perceive me. So like the perception of a perception. And so mental health nowadays, like I did a workshop the, the, before all of this started in Cape Town. And uh, it was with, um, with a large um, uh, investment fund here in Cape Town. And uh, I had senior managers go through an exercise where I asked them, How, what's the first thing you do when you're stressed? Right? And then some people said, um, I'm stressed and I, I go for a smoke. And so when I'm stressed, then um, I usually start getting really angry. Or when I'm stressed, um, I start to, I'll, I'll have a coffee. Right? Or the same, what do you do when you get tight? I'll grab, grab a Red Bull or um, I, I, yeah, I, I lose focus and then I, I start going on, on social media. So all of a sudden, these unconscious behaviors started to come forward and people would realize that they're not in a state of mental health because mental health, what it means to me is to be able to pursue a life that fulfills you and to give you out of life what it is that you truly consciously want to have. And a lot of people, when you say, are you healthy? Immediately say, yeah, yeah, I'm not sick, so I'm healthy. But health does not mean being, not being sick. Like there's a, there's a much more powerful definition. And if you bring that forward, a lot of people don't fall under that definition. Wow. They'll be surprised. And so for me, mental health also means being in alignment, being in alignment with your emotions, being in alignment with your thoughts, with your physical body. And when you can bring that into alignment, then you truly have health. And that's when you don't have to slave after something that you want to have out of life, but you, you have fun with it. It's, it's not this heaviness to it. It's not this constant, oh, I'm not working enough. Oh, I'm, I feel so guilty. Guilt in itself is not, is not mental health. And I just have to point out, folks, that, that, that are listening right now, what Mario just said is so important. I've never heard it framed that way. So thank you for, for saying that that way. Um, it's, it's a whole new outlook and it gives you a whole different perspective about mental health. I mean, to be honest with you, when, when someone says mental health to me, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of crisis, right? Like 
people right. that are in crisis because something's wrong mentally. Where exactly. Not, that's not the case, right? Yeah. You 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 yeah. just said it. It's it's fulfillment, right? Our mental health is is living our happiness. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yes, essentially. Yeah, that's something that you can bring in there, and and it's that. That's exactly where we are right now, Roger. Like the, 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 the reason we are at where we are is because we have been disregarding our own health. Like what do we do? Most of us that are, that are busy in, in the Western world, health is something that we do on a Sunday evening with a glass of wine. Oh yeah. Oh, now I'm taking care of my health now. Do you see this? <laughs> I'm having a good time. Or when we go, not even when we go on holiday because we're so stressed and, and, and our bodies are so acidic because of all the stress that it takes us half the time of the holiday just to come down. Yeah. And then as we have another week left, the stress already starts rising. So, oh my God, I have to go back to work. Oh, I got I to take care of the kids. Oh man. So there's a constant woo, up and down, up and down. So what I really want people to take away from this is to see health in all aspects of life as a fundament that you stand on. And if that fundament is not strong and solid and, and has enough uh, sustainability for years to come, you're going to start falling apart one way or another. Wow. Powerful. Very powerful. Okay. Let's talk about, and you may have touched on this already, purpose-driven work. Um, you say we need to stop asking how to do things, yeah. connect with our why. I know you talked about your why mm -hmm. being important earlier. Is there anything else you want to add there about uh, purpose-driven work? Yeah. Purpose-driven work does not only mean that you have this grand purpose in life and you're in, you're in service to something bigger than yourself. It's really also something that you can use to hack your own mind. If there's a task that you, you know you have to do for whatever reason, right? It's part of your job. It's a deadline. And you really can't seem to find the motivation for it is to come up with clarity and say, how can I connect what I need to do to something that's already very important to me? And at the same time, also to become very clear about the cost of not, of not seeing it through. Because unfortunately, I say unfortunately, pain is still the strongest driver of every human behavior. And then some people, I always think this example of, some people say, oh, no, I don't believe that. No, I'm, I'm more motivated by pleasure. And I say, okay, so here's a, a bag with a million dollars, right? I'll put it right here for you. And over there is a hung, hungry tiger approaching you. What do you do? Do you go towards the money or you run away from the tiger? And then one guy said, well, I'll take the money and I'll pay off the tiger. <laughs> it's not going to happen. <laughs> but wow. it shows you that, Pain. Pain is a stronger driver. So just becoming very clear of the reason, the underlying reason of, of your action, and then connecting that to something that is already important to you. As, by the way, that's also a very good way to influence people, to understand what is already influencing them and then to dig in there. That's usually what I do with coaching. When I, when I get to people and I say, oh, how do you think that relates to you taking care of your family? And then because that's very important. Oh. That makes it a lot worse. Oh shit. Okay. All right. Okay. I'm, I'm now. I want to do something. So that's purpose-driven work in a, in a nutshell. Love it. Love it. Okay. So now, if someone, what if you're trying to resolve the imposter syndrome? Um, how how do you, how does that done? Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a great question, Roger. And while there are many approaches to it, the one thing that I always find with everyone that I speak to is 
there at some level, there's a lack of authenticity. Authenticity, uh, and a lot of people also don't, don't understand the real meaning of authenticity because they confuse it with honesty. Now, authenticity and honesty, the, when you look at honesty, honest, you can be honest, but still not tell the entire truth. Because when you're honest, you can still control the outcome. Or you have that illusion of, I can control the outcome. So I would tell you, yeah, Roger, you know, today I'm, I'm not feeling so great. Um, there's a couple of things that I have to take care of. Um, and uh, yeah, let's, let's reschedule for next week. Right? Authenticity would be, Roger, today I'm feeling really terrible. And I feel kind of lost and I don't really know how to handle this. And I need some time for myself, but I wanted to share that with you. Now, the, the, the standard thinking, the traditional old way of thinking, would be like, oh, no, I can't say that to him. He's going to say, I think I'm, I'm weak. I'm some sort of a loser. Like I don't have my shit together. Right. So authenticity, I would say you drop your pants and then you see what happens. Because it's all about you. Yeah. And with the imposter syndrome... If the imposter is something that persists in your life, and, and this is very important because as I said in the beginning, many people will have this when they start pioneering something. Now, you've never done something. It's about you. the first time you're going live on social media, first time you're doing a workshop, you're going to feel like an imposter because your brain wants to protect you. It thinks this is an imminent danger. So the brain goes like, hell no, back off, go home, go home. And so... If this is the case, that's perfectly fine. However, if the imposter syndrome is, is part of your life in an ongoing way, then at some level, you're not owning your own truth because you know there's this relationship that you have with yourself. There's the mask, the inauthentic mask. Oh yeah, you know, I'm fine. Nah, don't worry about it. Right? And there's, there's the authentic self, which is like, yeah, I need help right now. I'm not feeling good. If you know that you have this relationship, which we all know in some way or another, and then you're presenting yourself to the world and you're presenting this image, which is, which is the mask. You're going to feel like an imposter. And that is because you really are an imposter and because you're not showing your authentic self. So with that, if, if people, if your listeners and your viewers, they want to start tackling this, then I would say the first thing you can do is very simple. Find a group of people that you trust communicate to them and tell them, listen, I want to start a little thing with you where I share my daily wins and my daily losses every day. And I want you to know that it's very important for me that you don't judge me or criticize me for that because I need this space to be vulnerable and to be okay. And the more you do that, the more you start building a habit for this one, the authentic one to come forward. And the more you come forward with that, the less you feel the, the, the control of the imposter. Because at some point, it starts to fade out. And you have that authentic new self of yours. And that's where you can shine there. And I've, Roger, I've taken this so far. And people have specifically told me not to do this. I was crazy nervous before a workshop. Like this was a bigger workshop. And so I said to the people, I said, Wow this is really exciting stuff. I'm really, I'm feeling the fear right now creeping up on me, but this is powerful. I can feel it. And the moment I did that, because I was no longer holding that little secret here. That so it didn't call, get any energy. Yes. Would you call that embracing it? Yes, exactly. I was like, here, everyone, here it is. Here's the truth. This is my authentic truth. I shared it. Deal with it. Done. Wow. Wow, this is great. This is just such... 
valuable information. One of the things I like to do is put myself on the spot with guests like yourself mm -hmm. to kind of show what you do in action. So if yeah. I'm your client and you're my coach, um, let's just role play for a little bit. How, how sure. might you help me or, or what are some of the things you might be asking me? Well, the first thing I would ask you is, is there an area of your life right now where you feel you're holding back or you're being held back by something? Absolutely not. I'm kidding. Um, yes. So I would say my work, you know, I, I'm still, you know, I'm, I'm working through things. I'm putting myself out there. A lot of the things you're talking about, but I'm, you know, I'm still, you know, I have that little fear in the back of my mind of that ultimate success, if you want to call it that, but great. You know, in, 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 in the monetization part of it as well, you know, be, great. being able to, um, get paid for for the work that I do. Um, I have, I had a coach that once said to me, "There's activity you get paid for, and there's activity that you get pay, that you don't get paid for, but it's still activity, right?" And and mm -hmm. sometimes I feel like the activity I don't get paid for um, is the same as the activity I get paid for. And how could I charge for one and not the other? So mm -hmm. I, I would that's how I would answer the question. Interesting. Okay, and. How do you feel about having this problem? Is this something where you think I shouldn't have this at the, at the stage where I'm at? Or are you like, yeah, it's okay? Yeah, so I would, I would say yes, that I'm, you know, uh, trying to work through it, but it's still holding me back. Mm. Does, does it bother you having this, does, that, that it's holding you back? Not really. Okay, good, good. Because... That's exactly the, the first part that I would always ask. Have you come to a full acceptance of having this in your life? Good. So when you have that, how would you describe this happening in an ideal scenario? You mean breaking through? Yeah. How would it look like? I would say that, you know, just making it really clear when I talk to people, to potential clients, that they understand the difference between, you know, a free session mm -hmm. and a session that, that requires payment. Right. Okay. And how are you currently doing that? Well... I'm putting processes in place uh, to do that. So for example, I'll, I'll let people know that there's a, you know, the initial meeting is, is no charge, you know, mm -hmm. first meeting might be, or sometimes I even do the first month at no charge. It just okay. depends on the situation and what the person actually needs. Um, but before very recently, I didn't have any systems in place. So it was just kind of all over the board. Mm -hmm. Okay, good. Okay. And where, at which point do you struggle then? Because I understand you have a process, you communicate that, but where is the point where you feel like, yeah. I think when people push back or step back and they don't respond. Okay. Um, to, you know, to having to pay for a service. Uh, that's the part I struggle with. How do I, you know, reconnect with them? What do I say? How do I say it? Something like that. Got it. Okay. Now, before we go there, a question for you. Who are the kind of people that you want to work with? 
I would say really it could, it, it doesn't matter whether they're male or female. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I try to help people get out of their own way to get unstuck as I like. Right. To call it. So if they, if maybe there's, they feel stuck in a job, um, or they're in a current job and they're, and they're having a hard time elevating within, within their environment. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I try to help them get over that, over that, you know, threshold. Got it. Okay. And would you say that the clients you want to work with have to be committed? Absolutely. Great. Okay. So here's the thing about being authentic and presenting your authentic process and yourself and bringing that to the front. When you do that, the beautiful thing about authenticity is what I call your natural bullshit filter. And that includes people because you present yourself in one way which will turn off a lot of people. They're saying, no, no, I don't want to work with this Roger guy. He's way too committed. He's like super serious. And then you have a few people, they'll say, he's the man. He's my man. And the question is, can you be okay with that? That when you make an authentic standing, that that maybe 95% of the people will say, no, thank you. And 5% will say, I love that. Wow, that's powerful. And I would say... Even as recent as a year ago, I would have had a hard time with it. Mm-hmm. Now, because I've, I've seen that in action and actually experienced it um, and tracked it <clears throat> to the numbers and you're really close mm-hmm. with the numbers. Now mm-hmm. I'm able to be very comfortable with it. Great. Great. So this is the kind of response where we would go in because we can look at your process, but it sounds to me like you've got the process pretty figured out and you're improving it as you go. Right. The real, the real problem always happens when people get these numbers. Oh, I'm being rejected. 95% something must be wrong. Yes. And then you, as long as you present your authentic self, nothing is wrong. Nothing is wrong. It's perfectly right. And I've been on that path with you a long time where I took on clients and I've ran, I ran after them because I was desperate for clients and money. And, and my gut feeling was like, don't do it. You're going to regret it. And boy, late payments, didn't show up, didn't do the work, um, like disappeared for a month. And then the whole process went down. And then me, and then me, oh, this is my fault. I shouldn't have done that. So now I'm like at this process where I call people out on their bullshit very early on. Like just the other day, I had a person who wanted to work with me for a long time. And then a lot of things happen and I understand all of these things. But the person always kept me on, on like the long end. Hey, I'll get back to you. I'll get back to you. And then I finally had the courage because this is quite a big shot to send that person a message saying that, Hey, you asked me to work with you as a coach. And now I want to first apologize because I haven't been authentic with you. I've, you've, you were in my mind for quite some time and I always I build up a little bit of resentment, but that's not what is accurate because I just wanted to tell you that if you really committed and serious about this, you will find the time. If you want to step up as a leader, you will no longer let your excuses run the show for you. However small that may be. And I, and I send a few other things along the way. And the message that came back was like, wow, thank you. That's why I want you to be my coach. Ka-ching! Next day I had the money in the bank. Awesome. Awesome. Look, thank you for the role play because that, that's awesome. And, and, and thank you for explaining that too, because that's another good tip to help people on both sides. 
you know, those like us who do coach others and those who need help with coaching. You know, these are just, I think the yeah. authenticity sums it all up. I'm, no yeah. matter what side you're on, right? And in, in, no matter where you are in life, being authentic helps close that gap always. Yeah. yeah. Being oh. authentic ended my self-sabotaging mechanism in relationships and led me to now being with the, the woman of my dreams and being engaged um, and, and having the most amazing relationship I could ever dream of. That's wonderful. That's so wonderful to hear. Thank you. Okay, let's talk about this quote. I am because we are. Tell us mm. what that means, why it's important, and Beautiful. all the history behind it. Yes, so this is um, a, a, a word that comes from uh, the Zulu tribe in uh, South Africa. And um, it's been, a long for, been around for a long time, but really the person or the two people that coined it, in, in, uh, to my knowledge, um, are Nelson Mandela and Desmond Tutu, who are two very prominent faces of the, uh, of the rainbow nation uh, that ended the apartheid regime in, in South Africa. And essentially, Ubuntu is, is more a mindset than a, than, a, than a quote. And like there's many powerful quotes there, but this is more like a, a, an actual way of approaching life. Because when you really truly get what that means, I am because we are. What it means is that you do not exist without other people in the world. So your success is only valid when you help other people succeed because you lift them up. Then it means you are in, in balance with it. If you just do this and you leave the people at the bottom, you're not successful. You're not. Because how can you be the only person in your environment that, that has it figured out? And to my, and where I bring this in with transformation is when you so when you transform your life right and you've done that uh, you've gone through probably several transformations and and when you do that just by yourself without including anyone in it you're just another self-righteous asshole it's like oh i have eaten wisdom like lots of it today wisdom's on the plate but you <laughs> you just don't get it man i'm sorry for you so that's not what transformation and success mean because when you embody this ubuntu you understand that the more you help others succeed the more you naturally succeed and that's also by the way a highway to fulfillment if you want to have a fulfilled life and you have no idea how to do that go and help some people and now i'm not talking into the people that are overly pleasing because that's just another form of ego that, that there it goes oh, i got i got to do something for others which distracts me from taking care of myself but if you come from a place of making sure you're fine you're healthy and happy and then you give to other people you will transcend yourself which is the whole i am because we are you recognize that you only exist in the space of other people and If you look at Maslow and his hierarchy of needs, a lot of people also don't know that. When you look at the, the, the hierarchy of needs at the top, you have uh, self-actualization. Right? It's like you fulfill your life's purpose. You got it. You have that business. You have that charity. You have the marriage, the kids. But right after he published that, he actually reversed it. And then he said that I was wrong. The highest of all of them is self-transcendence. Mm -hmm. And that is when you tap into this, I am here be because I'm serving other people. And that's what you're doing with your podcast, Roger, which I think is beautiful, right? You bring so much knowledge to the world. And, and this is my personal story of life. I went from 
miserable, egocentric, uh, excuse my language, asshole, to, to contributing, to falling in love with people and the, and the world and nature because I started to give some of the things I have. Because the more you give, the more you realize you have to give. Because where is it coming from? Here, from inside of you. You want to build up self-esteem? Give. You want to build up confidence? Give. You want to create an amazing network of people that you can rely on? Give. Wow. Profound. Profound. You are dropping some great information. I'm so excited <laughs> for this. Okay. We still have a few items to cover and want let's to go. be respectful of your time here. So let's talk about your story a little bit. Yeah. Um, you talked about being depressed at a, at a certain point, uh, close to suicide. Yeah. And then you like to talk about something called dis-ease. What is this mm. all about? Yeah. So that's, um, I've already touched base on it a little bit. So this was after high school in Germany. Um, I was always the kind of guy who sort of made things happen as he went. I never really had to struggle and, and work hard in school. It was, I was, I was one of the good, not of the best, but it was good. And so I never really thought about this thing like futures. Like, what do you mean? Like, I'm, I'm just with my boys and having a good time. And then the day came when my mom and my dad was like, so what are you going to do? I was like, all right, let me watch a movie. And then I watched Catch Me If You Can. And I was like, okay, done. I'm becoming a pilot. So I worked myself into the ground to be, to be admitted just to the flight school. 93% of all the people that apply in that school fail. And you can never reapply again for life. The tests are ludicrous. They're just insane. Wow. Um, but, I, but I hustled my way through that, literally. And the first day I arrived at that school, um, happy as ever, and everyone telling me like, wow, you made it. That's amazing. My gut feeling just went, run, run as fast as you can. And then my ego is like, no, I've invested so much time and money and hardship into this. I can't give up now. I can't turn around and leave. No, 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 no. So at the time, I already had a slip disc from a car accident, which then was misdiagnosed by four doctors. No, you're, yeah, you're just too short. Like, how old are you? 21? What? You look like a 50-year-old. Come on, stretch it, stretch it. And they pretty much destroyed my back. And um, that paired with my incredible unhappiness at the time started a, a spiral that went downward. But that was not the end of it because I have been very inauthentic for the most part of my life. And so I really made sure that no one would know this. No one. And, no, and I mean no one. Not even the, my girlfriend at the time that was sleeping next to me in my bed. Because I told you, ah, yeah, it's just so much stress and so much hard work. I'll get through this. But on the inside, I was dying. And I looked terrible. I looked apart. I, 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 there was one day I remember I was so out of control that I just shaved off all my hair. Like I had hair like this and I just went like, <sighs> shaved it all off and just didn't know what to do anymore. And I wouldn't share it because I was afraid that if people find out, they would kick me out of the flight school, deemed uh, unable to fly. So that was me, right? Going into this downward spiral with this immense amount of pressure from the, from the expectations of the work that I was doing. Guilt, so much guilt. And then one morning, I still remember this, I woke up in my bed and for a, a very short moment, I couldn't move my legs. I was like, I, was, I had no feeling in the legs. And that just shocked me to my bone. I was like, what's happening here? 
And that's when the, the suicidal thoughts started to come. And I was like, and I was in it for like a week or two. And then the last thing was when I couldn't stand the pain anymore, the doctors at Lufthansa referred me to a guy in a special clinic where you normally wait six months. I went there the next day. He put me into the, what's the MRI? Is that scanner? The, yes. the big one? And uh, came out, showed me the scan. He's like, wow. He's like, you're... You're, you have a severely slipped disc. Your nerve here is, is inflamed. It's like all squeezing. This is, this, is, this is serious, young man. That's what he told me. We're going to have to perform surgery. There's a spot tomorrow. And I'm like, I'm, at the time I was 22. Then I was like, I'm 22. You want to cut open my back? No, this is it. And that was enough for me. And I quit because I can no longer do that. So... I mentioned to you that I think that this ease is a trigger for awakening, a trigger for growth, because the body has this innate natural intelligence that it knows something is off because sickness and disease, most people say disease, not disease, it's dis-ease. Your body is out of ease. You're out of alignment. You're out of where your body naturally feels good. And so... For a long time, I hated that period of my life. I was so embarrassed uh, because of it because I quit and I, and I left it. And it's, uh, for a lot of people, they just, to this day, they still don't understand it because this is such an opportunity. And I had all this resentment and regret and guilt in me. And then at some point, I learned about the power of gratitude and how it can change your past and your perspective. I started writing down these long lists of, I'm grateful that it helped me to recognize my responsibility. I'm grateful that it helped me take control of my health and like the long list. And at some point, also speaking on this, about this on stage, I was like, this was the best thing that ever happened to me. This woke me up because I had been living my life, giving away my power and my control to everything outside of me, to status, to money, to parents, to girlfriends, but never me, never. And so after that happened, I became very health conscious. And trust me, doctors have told me, you're never going to be able to uh, go down fully. You're going to always have pain. You're not going to do this. Today, I do everything. Yoga, mountain climbing, surfing, everything. There's no pain that I have in my body. But because I became conscious and because I trained my body in specific positions and I realized the connection of mental health and your physical body. Because... Roger, the, the, I was going through one and a half years of chronic pain every day with severe pain meds. Three days after I left the school, 50% of the pain was gone. Then I went to a special um, uh, alternative healer who, who did um, uh, an osteopath who worked on me in three sessions. And he went from the, the top of my spine here to the Achilles heel. He placed his nail in to mobilize the nerve. I cried and screamed like a baby but it was gone after three sessions gone and then i just trained my core and like my posture and everything but that's it i'm fine amazing mario this has been incredible i am so happy for this conversation a uh, couple last questions if you were to take out your cell phone right now mm -hmm. all that 20 year old mario where you weren't yet authentic in your own right what would you say to him that's a great question roger and honoring my process of being intuitive, I think I would tell him, I love you. I love you just the way you are. You're so wonderful. You're so beautiful. 
And please stop trying to be different. Stop trying to fit in by being the best that you can. You're good enough exactly the way you are. Fantastic. Mario, if people want to reach out to you, if they want to connect with you, maybe they want to hire you as a coach, what's the best <laughs> way for them to reach you? Good question. Um, I have multiple outlets, um, of course, here on LinkedIn. I know you are very active on LinkedIn as well. Uh, Mario Lanzarotti, very easy to find. Instagram, I post daily videos, uh, like lots of content that is very geared towards solving certain situations related to mindset. Um, so it's uh, at mario.lanzarotti. And I would just say, leave it there because then you can contact me. I can share you my, with you my website, my email and all that stuff. Fantastic. And last question, Mario, I ask every guest. And that is at the end of the day, you have a lot of life to live. But at the end of the day, what do you want your mission to be here on this earth? What do you want your legacy to be? I want to bring people to a higher state of consciousness where they can realize that everything they've been looking on the outside their entire life has always been within them. And all you need to do is you need to shine the light of consciousness on that part of you. Fantastic. Mario Lanzarotti, welcome to the American Real family. Thank you so much for sharing all this information with us today. Roger, thank you so much. It's been an honor and a pleasure to be with you. And uh, I really, really enjoyed the conversation. And I have no doubt that your viewers and listeners are going to take away a lot of value. Thank you very much. Thanks for tuning in to American Real. Be sure to visit our website, AmericanReal.tv, or search for us on iTunes or YouTube for past episodes. While you're there, please rate us or leave us a review, as that helps others find our show. I am truly grateful and appreciate all of your support. If you'd like to be part of our inner circle or want one-on-one -on -one coaching, check out the American Real Learning Academy, where we have self-help groups and courses so you can build the best you. We also have a new Facebook group where you can connect with high achievers from around the world. If you want to go even further, maybe you're determined to write your own book or launch your own podcast, contact me today to see if we can help. You can reach me through Instagram or Facebook or email me directly at roger at americanreal.tv. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next week.